This is Julie D, and you're listening to the Nordonia We Need to Talk Podcast Network, brought to you by NordoniaHills.News, recorded in the Gary Miller Studio. Cleveland Sports Podcast starts now. Good afternoon, everyone. Happy Saturday. Welcome to the Cleveland Sports Show. Today with me, Darius. Today we have a ton to cover, including NBA preseason updates. We have the Indians and their postseason dramas. Uh, we have the updated standings for the Premier League. And then we're going to give you more news on the Cleveland Browns. Uh, but first to start off, we always have to talk about the Nordonia Knights and how they're doing in their league. They, again, had another home victory. Uh, their third home victory. They're undefeated at home. Uh, this time it was against the winless Brexville Broadview Heights Bees, who are now 0-7 and at the bottom of the Suburban League. The Wadsworth Grizzlies still remain atop of the standings and 7-0, and undefeated record. And the Nordonia Knights are second on that list at a record of six wins and one loss, that one loss being to the undefeated Grizzlies. This upcoming Friday, the Knights will head to Cuyahoga Falls to uh, keep their winning streak alive. The Cuyahoga Falls Black Tigers are 1-6, and six, so another game like this week that the Knights should be able to pull through, but you never know, especially the fact that the Knights were only able to win by two points on Friday, 31-29. to 29. We won't suspect to see what they have, but hopefully it will go into another night's win. Now, this is one of my favorite things I like to talk about for the whole season. It's the NBA. The NBA is finally back. Regular season kicks off in eight days and one week, but we do have a lot of preseason action to talk about, and we have a big surprise. The Cavs are 2-0 and so far in their four-game uh, preseason. They defeated the Celtics both in Boston, and then last night they defeated the Celtics at home by 11 points. Uh, now, I want to talk about some other key teams who I've been impressed with, and including the Houston Rockets. And Carmelo Anthony, we were a little bit worried about what he would bring, especially defensively, and how would he be able to accustom to the Rockets' offense. And within these first two games, he's definitely been adjusting well, and that's definitely with the big help of Chris Paul. And his stats for the two games, uh, the first game against Memphis, where the Rockets defeated them, where the, the defeated the Grizzlies 131 to 115. He had 13 points and shot 100% from the free throw line. He was uh, three for six from three and four for eight overall in field goals made. And then in the loss, uh, their first game back at the Toyota Center for the Rockets was the loss to the Indiana Pacers by 100 to 110. And Carmelo was able to get 16 points. And he shot uh, 67% from three-point range and six for nine total uh, in field goal. So I definitely think that Carmelo is showing us what he is capable of offensively. And this was something that he wasn't able to really do, we could all agree, in Oklahoma City, given the fact that Russell Westbrook and Paul George were so ball-dominant. But with the intricate passing of Chris Paul and what he's able to do as a floor general, we saw what he was able to do with James Harden last year. I think this is definitely going to show us that, you know, the Lakers are going to have some competitions in their hands, in their hands, and certainly the Warriors are going to have some competition in their hands. So 
I think the Rockets are definitely a sleeper team on the West, and a lot of people say, oh, the Lakers are going to go to the Western Conference Finals, but you know, here are the Houston Rockets, who are arguably the third best team in the West, in the Western Conference. You know, they, they've proven through these first two games that they have something to show for, and they're not going to be afraid of LeBron or Kevin Durant in their way. And I wanted to also talk about, uh, Gordon Hayward and how his, uh, return to the Boston Celtics has really improved. I'll be extremely honest with you. I know it's only the preseason, but I'm very disappointed within how with how the Celtics have been playing, losing to Charlotte in their opening preseason game by seven points when they were up by 20 plus points, and then they were able to beat Charlotte only by three um, this past this past Sunday, uh, losing to the Cavs by seven to a LeBronless Cavs. I know Kyrie didn't play, um, and then they lost to the Cavs last night by 11 points where neither Kyrie Irving nor Gordon Hayward played. Um, I've been disappointed with Gordon Hayward. I know he's come back from that injury. Um, I know it's only the preseason. In the three preseason games, he's averaged about 20 minutes. He shot 25% from the field, and he shot only 71% from the three-point line, averaging two assists. And hopefully this is not these are not the stats we see in the regular season for Gordon Hayward because... If these are the stats we see, this basically means that Kyrie is going, Kyrie Irving is going to have to go all the way in this team. He's really going to be the sole, sole uh, offensive player on this team. And if the Celtics want to be successful, then that's definitely not something uh, that can happen. Uh, I know we know what Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are capable of doing, um, especially with LeBron gone in the East. But Gordon Hayward's going to have to make an impact, especially on the offensive side for the Boston Celtics, in order for them to be successful and um, prove to us why they are technically the best assembled team in the Eastern Conference. And speaking of the Celtics, Kyrie Irving is planning on re-signing with the Celtics. I I've I cannot be happier with this decision by Kyrie because in terms of in long-term future, this is obviously the best choice. I know there were some rumors that yes, maybe he was going to the New York Knicks, but let's be honest here, the Knicks still don't have enough to really make any type of uh, playoff appearance or really make an impact to spread any interest through in through what already is the competition of the Eastern Conference. And I think just adding Kyrie really won't change that. Yes, record-wise, stat-wise, they might be a little bit better, but in terms of in the long-term future, it's not going to help them whatsoever. And I think signing with the Celtics, Kyrie definitely made the best de- decision because now he has a future with Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, Terry Rozier. All these guys have such bright futures ahead of them, and it it definitely increases the Celtics' chance of winning an eighth an eighteenth championship and raising an eighteenth banner. And this is definitely the best in Kyrie's best interest. And I want to talk about LeBron and how he's been doing so far with the Lakers. In the three preseason games he's played for them, he's averaged about fifteen minutes, thirteen points, about seventy five percent from three point range which is honestly, I think, a little bit surprising. Averaging three rebounds, three assists, uh, shooting about fifty, about 60% from the field. Now, yes, he's playing in limited minutes, so stats, are, of course, are going to be a little bit higher in terms of percentage and shots because he's not going to be taking as, shots, as many shots as he would in a preseason game as to a regular season or postseason game. Like the Celtics, I think the Lakers have been a little bit disappointing, but again, this is only the preseason. Everyone's working out the kinks. Once the regular season starts and once more of these star players are getting more minutes, we're, we will be able to make um, more educated 
a more educated analysis on how the team is going to do that specific team is going to do for the season and what their championship chances are and the preseason really isn't the best way to determine that I know I said I'm disappointed with the Celtics but again teams are able to flip that switch because now more of their star players are playing more minutes and making more impacts to their teams in those specific games and the defending champions the Golden State Warriors I also want to get to their first two preseason games um going both in opposite directions really uh their first home game uh and their first preseason game was last Saturday the 29th where they lost to the Minnesota Timberwolves by a score of 114 to 110 uh Derrick Rose had 16 points that night and really looked unstoppable from the field and the Warriors just you know really didn't have an answer for that and the fact that they sat their star players early cuz again it is the preseason so of course by sitting out their stars uh it really makes any it really is much easier to defeat the warriors because they have all the the new players the young players that they have however the warriors were able to get a um a quality win a 94 to 122 28 point victory against the Sacramento Kings at the uh, key arena in Seattle Washington uh the warriors had Kevin Durant that night and the warriors just got it started from the get go going up 10 to nothing and never looking back, the Kings still, it was obvious that they were, they're still in rebuild mode. Uh, the fact that they really have, weren't able to compete at all, um, on Friday night against the Warriors. And it just showed, and again, their dominance and why they are a threat to having a three-peat, uh, this year. And speaking of the Warriors and their dominance, you know, we all, it, it's very obvious. We're, of course, no one's going to consider counting out the Warriors because they are the defending champs. And with that win on Friday, I think it's a huge confidence booster um, heading into their final three preseason games and then eventually their regular season. Uh, for the Warriors, they play, they host the Suns. And then um, tomorrow, tomorrow at 1030 Eastern time. And then on Wednesday and Friday, we'll face the Los Angeles Lakers. On Wednesday, they will, the, that specific game will be played in Los Angeles. And then the Lakers and Warriors, once again, on Friday at 10.30 p.m., the uh, Lakers will head to Oakland to take on the Warriors uh, on their home court. And that is the latest updates in the NBA. I want to get to the Cleveland Indians and their postseason struggle so far, losing game one of the division series first round against the Houston Astros. Uh losing their game one, two to seven, and then going down 0-2 to the defending champions uh, by losing uh, one to three. The Indians were actually up one to nothing, but then in the sixth inning, they gave up two runs, uh, leading them to uh, trail in the game. And then in the seventh inning, the Astros were able to take up one more run and win at home for the defending champions. And so now the Astros have a 2-0 lead over the Indians. And if the Indians were to lose this series, which I'll be honest, most likely will happen, given the fact that the Houston Astros are the defending champions and the Cleveland Indians are now, if the Indians were to lose this series, it would be two consecutive seasons that the Indians would uh, bow out in the first round. I mean, um, I'm sure you remember that series with the Yankees last year where the Indians lost it in five games uh, after being up two to nothing and then losing three straight. Uh, game three will be tomorrow at 1.30 p.m. 
Uh, I'm sure a lot of us will be in school at that time, but once once we get home, we'll be able to see the Indians taking on the Astros in what hopefully is not their final game of the regular season. Uh, baseball is uh, in the playoffs. The games are best of five, so if Houston does win tomorrow, the series will be over and the Astros will move on with the Indians being eliminated. Now, how do I see this panning out? Honestly, like I said, I think the Indians might be able to get one game, so if they do win tomorrow... Um, I will not be too terribly surprised, but they most likely will lose game four then because I just think the Astros are such a powerhouse in the MLB, also given the fact that they are the defending champions, having beaten the LA Dodgers in seven games last year. I think that the Indians aren't really ready yet, and they aren't built to handle such powerhouses in Major League Baseball. And in, ter- in the soccer world, in the soccer world, we're going to get to, Eng- we're actually going to take a trip over to England for a bit. We're going to talk about the Premier League this week. And the top teams so far in the Premier League, uh, the league, or sorry, the season uh, kicked off a few weeks ago. uh, So the playoffs won't be until about May, unlike the MLS where the playoffs are going to begin next month. Now in uh, the top places, we have Manchester City at number one. Liverpool are in spot number two. Tottenham Hotspur, number three, and Chelsea at number four. There is no um, specific conference in the Premier League like there is in the MLS. There is no Western and Eastern Conference. It's all the 20 teams of the Premier League. They're all grouped into just one, basically one huge conference. And they're just categorized by there. So I just named the top four teams. Uh, If you are interested, uh, Cardiff City is in last place, 20th place with um, zero wins, two draws, and six losses. And like the point, like the way the point system works in the World Cup, I talked about how if a team wins, they gain three points. If they draw, they gain one point. And if they lose the game, they get zero points. The same format works here in the Premier League. Uh, so, for example, Manchester City has six wins, one draw, and zero loss. So, you know, six times three is 18. And you add that one draw that Manchester City had, you have 19 points, given the fact that they don't have uh, any losses so far in the season. So, yes, you have to apply a little bit of math here if you want to get the standings right. And that's it for the Premier League. We'll, of course, we'll up- give more updates uh, as the season goes on, week by week, what's playing out, uh, what are more, I'll give more predictions, uh, especially towards the, the playoffs as the Premier League begin. And last but certainly not least, the as this podcast is going on, the Browns uh, are taking on the Baltimore Ravens uh, at First Energy Stadium. This is a first of two a home game stand for the Browns, who are actually surprisingly undefeated at home. Remember, they won their, I'm sorry, they tied their first home game against the Steelers and then were able to defeat the New York Jets in their second home game, uh, 21 to 17. So this is the third home season game this season for the Browns. Uh, like I said, the first of the two-game homestand, first against Baltimore. The next Sunday, they will be taking on the Los Angeles Chargers at home. Uh, weather, of course, is not as bad, is not as hor- horrendous as it was uh, in the first regular season game for the Browns. So, and we know the huge rivalry that Cleveland and Baltimore have had, especially in the in the '90s with the Browns moving to Baltimore. It's definitely going to be an emotional game. And the weather 
is about 73 degrees right now with precipitation only at 20 percent humidity is 83 percent and the winds are only at 11 miles per hour and this really should not have a huge effect on the players given the fact that the like i said the conditions were not as putrid as they were on um on the 9th of september or sorry the 8th of september when the browns tied the steelers 21 to 21 and that is going to wrap the show for tonight or for today thank you very much for listening we're going to have a lot more next week we're going to uh give a lot more in depth get a lot more in depth on opening night in the nba and what do we expect that day and we're going to talk about the Cavs and their season opener in toronto so we have a ton of nba news coming up for this week so please stick with us and we're also going to give you more updates on the browns indians and nordonia knights football uh next week and next sunday as well so stay tuned and thank you for listening to the cleveland sports show